Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach, as always, I'm joined by Christian Garcia. Hi! Coming to you live from the quantum realm, probably. Oh yeah. That's probably what I put behind us, you know, some sort of Ant-Man related thing. Because today we're talking about Ant-Man Quantum Mania. Uh, The new movie just came out uh, this week, and uh, so we're bringing the episode a little late this week, just so we could go out and see it today, and then... Do a fresh review of it. Uh, we'll be doing our spoiler-free should-you-go-watch kind of review before our little break. Um, but if you want to get into the spoiler talk and like theories about what the MCU is doing next, check the time code down below. You can see when we actually get into the spoiler discussion of Ant-Man. So um, uh, before we do that, though, <clears throat> make sure you like and subscribe. Click the little bell icon, all that good stuff on YouTube. Follow us and add us to your favorites on Stitcher. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast audio platforms. And if you want to take it one step further and help support the show, check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends. Donate some dollar dues, help us out, and uh, support the show. Christian, let's do some nerdy confessions. See. Where we confess things that make us nerds. <clears throat> some nerdy confessions I've been pretty good about not buying boxes although we did each get a box of the uh phyrexian set which i don't think we've covered yet um but yeah, we might have talked briefly about it our, so, our magic addiction continues it is hard so i've been good about not buying the boxes but i've been buying a whole bunch of singles which is not the same thing so sexy singles in um, your been, area <laughs> I've been trying to uh, either make my own commander decks or modify uh, the rebel deck that I got because it played really bad the first day. Maybe uh, I just played really good, Christian. Ex- oh, yeah, think about everyone, the other three players just played extremely well. It <laughs> yeah. was pretty bad. Uh, the modific- the tiny little modifications I've made, um, I've tested it out. Although it wasn't four-way commander, it has been pretty good, so I'm excited about playing it, see how well it plays against four. Yeah. So jazzed up about it yeah i think you know uh we've been having a lot of fun with the new phyrexia all will be one magic set that just came out um i'm still hunting for this one particular card the elish norn mother of machines card i really want to build a deck around that and so far of the hundreds of dollars i've spent on (laughs) on boxes uh i have not pulled one so i think it's about time to pull the trigger on a 50 dollar single card (laughs) maybe i can find it a little cheaper somewhere else um, but yeah, you know, magic, it's, it's a slippery slope, man. It's a bad hobby to be in when you have no job. Yeah, um, our, our buddies at, uh, dice legends was like, Hey, uh, like, so I'm curious because you guys are posting about it. Like if I get a commander deck, then I can play like, yes, yeah. but I have to buy new cards. You do not. 
Would it help if I buy new cards? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know anyone who started playing Magic and has only bought one Commander deck and nothing else. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, to shout out another podcast slash YouTube channel, um, if you want to get into Commander without spending a shit ton of money, you buy a deck that kind of speaks to you, whether it's the art style or, or whoever the Commander is on front. And then if you watch the command zone podcast where they, they tell you how to do a budget upgrade where it's like you spend 30 bucks and to put in 10 cards, take out 10 cards. Um, I've done that for several decks and it like it's night and day difference. So mm-hmm. you can have a very competitive deck with that without spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know? So those guys are great. Uh, they're great at the magic uh, tips, but yeah. the one, the upgrade they did for um, the rebel uh, Phyrexian, I didn't like. Really? No, I, I did my own modifications. It was doing research. Um, I mean, I, maybe because it was just like a $30, like a budget one. Sure, sure. So it's not going to be a whole huge difference in gameplay, but uh, those guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely a fun fun way to upgrade deck. They're, I like watching those episodes too because they give good insight on like how the decks play and stuff too. So very cool. Well, my nerdy confession is not magic related for once. Um, <laughs> I've actually gone over to the dark side, Christian. I've, I've bought a gaming PC. Um, I see. It's very nice. It is. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, uh, like, okay, don't hate me in the comments, all you PC players out there. But I did buy a pre-built one by iBuyPower. But it had literally all of the parts that I was looking to build myself. Um, and... Uh, it was like three hundred dollars cheaper than parting it out myself. So, and you could still Frankenstein it. Oh man. yeah, for sure. Like I could swap out. That's what's cool about it is it's not like a like a first party like a Dell or an Alienware or something. Like I it, I can still take all those parts out and swap them out and upgrade if I want to. When you said a Dell. I thought you were talking about the singer. Hello from the other side. That, like that one. Yeah, little known fact. She's big. Uh, Big PC, PC gamer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hangs out with Henry Henry Cavill, and they play. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so far it's pretty cool. Like I, I initially did it because um, I was having some issues with doing the miniature painting stream uh, on the old MacBook Pro, which you guys should watch and follow. Yeah, check it out. It's uh, Twitch uh, TV slash Cody One W O N Kenobi, um, and uh, I'll put it on the Nerds with Friends website eventually, but. When yeah, Cody sends me the message, me and the missus follows, it's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah, it's fun. I try to, for me, like the best part about it is just like if I have one or two of my buddies on, it's like I'm not sitting in a dark room by myself painting miniatures by myself. It's like I'm just hanging out with buddies and I happen to be getting painting done. And I've honestly, I've been pretty impressed with like, like how much painting I get done while doing it. Cause you kind of lose track of time talking to people and stuff. And, um, but yeah, it's really fun. And yeah, the MacBook was struggling a little, it's just not built for, for plugging so many peripheral things into it, which yeah. I think is, I think that's the biggest problem because you have to dongle everything. Um, but it's definitely night and day. Like, what, yeah. like I could, Oh, look, I, I think I even said in the comments, Hey, I could, I could see you running everything smoothly. <laughs> this is cool. Like, cause before I would just pause on one screen right? and then uh, I was just, just having fun listening to Cody and chatting with everyone. Yeah, I've actually gotten used to it. when you when you had everything running like I because like the last couple of times like it would get stuck. I wasn't watching the screen. I was just listening and commenting. <laughs> and then when I went back and looked, I was like, holy shit, he progressed so much. Like <laughs> it looks totally different. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, a big upgrade. And like I've, I've been 
dipping my toes into PC gaming a little bit. Um, I downloaded uh, uh, the Warhammer Darktide, which is a game that is supposed to come out on Xbox. It just hasn't yet. I'm waiting for it. Um, but it like I played it a, just a, a touch, but I, I need to play it with some buddies. But I downloaded that, and then I also downloaded Space Marine 1, the game from like 10 years ago. It would ago. work on my Mac, right? Space Marine 1? No, 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 no. The, uh, Dark Tide? Yeah. Probably not. Aww. It's it's pretty graphic intensive. Um, you could try it, but yeah. I, I just don't know if they make a version that's compatible. It is uh, on Mac Studio. It should run it fine. It is on uh, Steam. So I'll try you know, it out. You sh- should be able to. I People think listening Steam. are like, this fucking moron. Oh, you know what? I did, I did it. I have the Xbox Game Pass. So that's what I, I downloaded it through that. So. If you can run that on your Mac, then I'm sure it will. find out. Everyone listening who's is an idiot asking these dumbass <laughs> yeah. questions. Well, it'll work on my uh, Mac. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's nice having a, a, a fancy computer um, that's like just, it just sits there and it like starts up really quick. It came with like a fancy keyboard. I had to, one thing I will say that I've learned through this whole process is everyone who talks about how like easy PCs are and how like, you know, uh, mm. how simple they are and stuff. Are a bunch of fucking liars. Uh, <laughs> Which part of it was not easy? So, so I mean, like, granted, I all I did with this is I like pulled it out of the box and plugged everything in, right? But when I was looking into building it myself, it was like, you know, I was excited at first because all my friends who are PC players also were like, "Hey, man, I'll, you know, don't buy anything. You know, I have a, I have an extra motherboard. Oh, I have an extra graphics card. I have some extra RAM. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm gonna put this together for cheap, and it'll be awesome." Um, and, but the more research I do is like, you find out like, okay, well the motherboard that he has is an older motherboard. Of course. I can give you a new one. That's fine. But that means that the newer, newer CPUs won't plug into it. Yeah. So that means to find a CPU, I have to find an old one. And it's like, okay, well that's kind of sucks. It means I'm not most up to date. And I was like, okay, how about the Ram you got? Maybe if I just get a new motherboard and a new CPU, Maybe I could just plug your RAM into it and I would save myself 80 bucks or whatever. It's like, nope, that RAM won't work on these new motherboards. It's like, okay. It's like, okay. And that graphics card is like, oh, well, it'll only do up to 1080p and most stuff now is 4K. It's like, okay, fine. And so it's like after a while, you realize it's not as modular as you, as I thought initially um, and perhaps foolishly thought. Um, So buying, I think, this all-in-one bundle is uh, pretty... It was a pretty good jumping off point. It does way more than what I need for it, but it makes the stream work really smooth. I'm excited to eventually get the podcast, all the editing and stuff over to it. Um, I think that might be kind of cool because um, the MacBook has a lot of built-in software, which is great. But um, I will say like when it comes time to render the video after I've done all the edits and stuff, I just have to like leave the MacBook sitting there for like half an hour and it's just like you know, slowly goes through. I'd be interested to see if this is like way faster, but I don't yeah, know. I have to put an image of like Tim Cook back here. Just like frowning. I mean, mm, <laughs> no, Apple. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know how much like legit gaming I'll be doing on it, but it's nice to have like a workstation that I can just sit at and paint minis. And even having my mini up on a monitor where I can look at closely at it uh, has helped quite a bit. So hey, at least when Diablo comes out. Oh, yeah. I'll be all over that shit for sure. Um, yeah, and then, like, you know, a lot of Warhammer games and stuff are, like, PC exclusives and stuff. So I, I am excited to dip my toes in a little deeper. But, um, yeah, it's got a it's got a NVIDIA 3060, 
um, if anyone's interested. Um, I'm told that's an okay middle-of-the-road <laughs> graphics card. Um, they're like, well, it's not a 4090 Ti or whatever. I'm like, okay, slow your roll, bro. I'm not spending $1,200 on a graphics card. Um, that's another thing, too, is like uh, I've been playing the the – I bought the new Harry Potter game, which – Did you? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. I didn't know you hated trans people. That's uh, interesting. First of all, first of all, <laughs> the you can tell the studio. I'm actually glad we're talking about it. Go ahead. Is I think the studio who made the game wanted to distance themselves a little bit from J.K. Rowling's obviously transphobic transphobic views. Yep. Because there is a trans character in it. Yeah, that's, and, and that's like what she's, I read. She's like a main ser- uh, side character. Um, but yeah, it's a fun game. But I will say, like. It's so much easier to just sit in my room and play that on the PS5 than have to come in here and like load it through Steam or whatever in here and on this thing and then sit on the smaller monitor. And it's just like the consoles are still my preferred way to game, at so, least so far. So I have um, mixed feelings about it. Like, so my about trans like- people, I know. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard them. <laughs> this is supposed to be off air, Cody. No, like. Granted, I, I get the point that like J.K. Rowling is probably getting some money off the game, sure, which is not great. But I also I feel for all the artists and like the um, the programmers who worked on it, like they they probably don't have those feelings, and you know they they probably just took a job and right. They, it would suck like if this game failed, and you know it's like uh, a mark on their record. And I guess it's easy to say, well, they shouldn't take they shouldn't have taken that job. But it's like, dude, sometimes you know a lot of that gotta work, work is contract. You know what I mean? You know? and it's like, hey, you, you gotta- not only that, but like, if you work at a studio, like let's use ILM because it's a famous one, right? If you work at ILM, it's not like me, the computer graphics artist, has any say in what movies we take. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, the higher ups are making me work on this, you know, this uh, piece of. Uh, work and it's like they don't have any say in it so what are they going to do quit their job you know it's it's rough yes because of what some out of touch you know older white lady thinks (laughs) um but yeah honestly i i don't think i don't think anything's going to hurt the harry potter train um other than like bad writing um which is i think what happened to the fantastic beasts you know i didn't even i didn't even think about this but like all these uh, super, you know, gung ho religious people who just happen to be right wing, like all hated her when she was doing like these witches and sorcery and stuff. Yeah, they all like, thought it was like satanic worship. But I bet now, that now she's they're like, anti-trans. all right, she's okay. Yeah, like what? What do they feel about it? Like which way are they going? Like, yeah, <laughs> it must be conflicting for them. I don't know, man. I just like I, I I can separate her like from her her work because like look the Harry Potter world has grown up beyond what she initially put down on paper. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, at least from what's happened recently, she has only done harm to it as of recently. So I'd be okay if like they kind of took it away from her and just like started making their own things. Because the game is fun. Um, it's definitely not a perfect game, for sure. Like they, they, they did really well making a Harry Potter game, but they didn't do amazing at making an RPG open world game. Mm. Like there's, there's definitely like some shortcomings there. Um, but it's definitely worth Like if you want to fuck around in the world of Harry Potter, like you can get a broom, you can ride on the back of a Pegasus or whatever, or a hippogriff, um, or a Thestral or whatever. Um, you can cast spells. You can, you can learn the unforgivable curses 
freaking Avada Kedavra people and stuff. <laughs> um, you can capture magical beasts. You can brew potions and grow crazy plants. Like you can do everything that you want to do in a Harry Potter world. Um, and uh, so if, if that's, that sounds appealing to you, I definitely suggest. I will say I am impressed about like how you can customize the look of your character. I saw some folks on Mexican Twitter. They made like a super, uh, Mexican looking character with like a sombrero like thing and like dark skin and like really like like village like clothing. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that you can make those types of changes. Well, there's there's it's a uh, there is a bunch of loot that you can find in it. So, um, you know, I'm sure they've found there, there is a wide variety of like wizarding type uh, clothing and stuff. Um, I will say, like, honestly, the character uh, creation part seemed a little whack to me. Okay. Because, I mean, I guess it makes sense that you're supposed to be a fifth year student. And, um, you know, so no one can have beards, which obviously, you know, sucks for someone like me. But also, like, you can't change body size or anything like that. So it's like everyone's just the same body. You just change skin color, skin color, face, and hair. Um, but it's, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. I, I think the um without ruining anything in the game i think the biggest shortcomings are for one there are several choices where you're presented with a choice in the game um which sounds like it would have an impact on what the ending is or what your character does but it has none right so it's like the illusion of choice even like choosing your house right whether it's Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Slytherin. No one's picking Hufflepuff. Come on. <laughs> There's some people out there who fucking love Hufflepuff, okay? Um, I was a Ravenclaw. Uh, I almost went Slytherin. I wanted to go Slytherin real bad, but I'm like, eh, Ravenclaw's kind of cool too. But um, picking your house like has like no effect on the story at all other than like you get a few interactions when you first go to your, your house common room or whatever. And some of the people you talk early on, but everything else, like throughout the rest of the story, is is generic. Like it doesn't matter. You, you can still do side quests with the Gryffindor girl or Hufflepuff girl. You can still, you know, learn all the spells you want. There's no specialization. When you make your wand, it's like, oh, you can put. Do you want dragon heart string in the middle, or unicorn hair, or phoenix feather? It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, how long do you want it? What wood do you want it made out? I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Has no effect on how the wands perform. Ah, uh, that's a. I mean, I understand the programming that would go into it'd be rough, but it would be cool. Like, I mean, realis- realistically, all it is and- is you take the stats from any RPG, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So make make the dragon heart strings got better attack but worse defense yeah. or whatever, right? You know, um, it, they just didn't apply some of those RPG elements very well to the game. I thought. Um, also like learning the unforgivable curses, um, which I won't spoil the actual storyline of that, but like that should have an effect on the story, right? Like people should be like, dude, what are you doing? You shouldn't be learning those. No one cares. Like I'm out there with, I'm out there with doing a mission with the professor from Hogwarts. And I'm like fucking Crucio, you know, just like torturing people. And he's like, whoa, wow, that's crazy. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Your wand work is improving quite, quite rapidly. Um, so yeah, a fun game. I, I think we, I didn't mean to go on such a long, uh, tangent about Harry this Potter. This show going on tangents? Yeah, exactly. Weird. Weird. But, uh, yeah, check it out. Hogwarts Legacy. If you're into Harry Potter, it's, it's a fun one for sure. I, I will say my fun, my favorite part so far has been capturing magical beasts and like, you get to like 
create a little area for them and play with them and stuff. See, if you can start modifying it where you can make Pokeballs and you just throw that to capture them and stuff. It's be- basically what you do. It's, a, it's just a magical bag that you open up and sucks them in. Um, <laughs> so it's just like also a bag of holding with a vi- vacuum in it. Just- yeah, exactly. And also there's shiny versions of them, just like Pokemon, where they're like rare coloration. So I've been hunting those now. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, well let's uh, let's start talking Ant Man. We've uh, put it off quite a long time already, but let's do our, our spoiler free. Should people go and see this? It, movie's out now in theaters. Just came out yesterday, I think, is when it first opened. So, Christian, what do you think? It was good. I mean, I I was purposely avoiding a lot of um, reviews and spoilers until like like an hour before we <laughs> it was time to go watch. It. I was like, all right, let me just see what people are saying. And it was a mixed bag. It was a total mixed bag. Yeah, uh, at least uh, last time I checked, it was worse rated on, on Rotten Tomatoes than the, the Eternals, which I think is crazy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. No, um, there's no way, no. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if it's just a bunch of... And here's one thing I will say about it. If you're not a fan of comic books in general and you just want to see a movie, I think this movie in particular really relies on someone who's able to accept some of the craziness that happens in a comic book. Yeah. Right. So, um, this doesn't spoil anything at all yet, but we know that King is in it. We know that, uh, Modoc is in it. All those images have been released in trailers and stuff. Those characters are very hard to accept as a normal moviegoer who's not into comics or is, hasn't followed any of the Marvel stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I am not an expert on Kane or or uh, Kang or Modok, but I know enough about them where like I can accept them as a character in you know in a movie like this. Um, the multiverse and the you know the multiple versions of yourself and stuff can can get a little out there for maybe your your everyday movie critic, and maybe that's why it's been getting some of these reviews. But I had a really good time in it. I thought it was hilarious. It was uh, probably one of the funniest Marvel movies we've seen since Thor Ragnarok. Um, much better than Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> um, and I still don't know how I feel about it, man. I, there's a, There were some parts I really liked, and then there were some parts that's like, yeah. What, Love and Thunder or Ant-Man? Love and Thunder. No, yeah. no, no. Ant-Man I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Ant-Man was good. I don't know what, what the mixed bag was. I think it's, it's exactly what you're saying. If It's like if you're not a comic book person – or if you're just a you know cinema critic, you know it's right. not going to be what you, you know what you're used to, I guess. But in terms of a comic book movie, it was a solid comic book movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think you know there was great action, there's great comedy, um, there's some real stakes that are happening in it and stuff. Um, it it was everything that I feel like the MCU has been missing in the last couple movies. So I'm excited to see kind of what happens next. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely worth seeing. And I think it is worth seeing in, in the theater too. Um, cause some of the quantum realm stuff is, is, you know, there's crazy vistas and stuff. Now we saw it in the 4DX thing where the chairs like rumble Which around. I was going to say, if you have, <coughs> if you have access to that, definitely watch it. Um, it's cool. Unless you have like back issues or something. Cause yeah. you get tossed around. But, uh, yeah, it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's worth seeing. I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, and we got a lot of theories about, you know, what's going to happen next in the MCU now that this has been set up. Um, so to listen to those, we're going to take a quick little break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about all the spoilery talk of Ant-Man Quantumania. So 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. Now we need to talk about some spoilers. Uh, so if you have not seen Ant-Man, Quantumania, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I should say, um, we will be talking about full spoilers. So, you know, pause the podcast, turn down the volume, let's get that play, you know. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about in-depth on the story, what happens, who dies, all the cool stuff. Um so yeah, so basically, I think the trailer has summed up the plot of this movie fairly well, right? Like Janet Van Dyne lived in the quantum realm for a while, and she made, you know, she had met Kang down there, and um, she was scared of him. She knew how terrifying he was, and didn't tell anybody about it. But then they get sucked back in due to uh, what's her name, Cassie Van Cassie. Lang. Lang. <laughs> um, getting sucked in. They all get sucked in there. And I understand to, why you were confused because she would refer to... She uh, called uh, Hank Pym Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa. It was, it was very strange. Which we don't know if they got... I'm assuming they got married, you know? We don't really know. They don't really... They're it doesn't together. really matter too much to the story, but right. yeah, she would refer to him as Grandpa. Yeah, so... Um, but uh, yeah, they get sucked in there and basically have to fend off King the Conqueror. Um, now... Uh, I think overall, I think the setup of the movie was really cool. Like seeing how Scott Lang has become like a celebrity author kind of thing after his days saving the world and stuff. He's really, you know, he's not, he's not your Captain America who's in it for love of the game. You know, he just got kind of pulled into the whole superhero thing. But um, I thought all of that stuff was really funny. I will say I missed uh, all the guys from, um, you know, the ant crew. This crew, yeah. I didn't My, think about Michael that. Michael Pena. That's his name, yeah, right? Yeah. Michael Pena. And um, all the other crew. Like, I missed those guys. But there was there were some other really good characters in, in the movie, too. I mean, I think one that really stood out was Modoc, <laughs> um, who the who is basically uh Darren from the first Ant Man, who was Yellow Jacket. Um, when he got crushed at the end of that movie he got sent to the quantum realm and because he was like crushed by a bunch of unregulated pin particles, his head stayed really big and his arms. And- it makes me wonder if they had this plan the whole time. I don't because, know. Um, it I was did re- so good. It was, it was really good. And I did rewatch um, the first uh, Ant-Man and yeah, you can see like his limbs get like sucked in. It's like, I want, I'm wondering if they had this plan the whole time, which Marvel usually is pretty good at yeah. planning like multiple steps ahead. Um, or if they just figured this is a great opportunity of how we can bring Modoc, but it was it was played exactly how it would work in a live action movie where they you did can't not, take Modoc super no, seriously. You right? can't. You can't. I mean, I understand in the comics he is you know, right. He's a big time villain who 
you know, does a lot of killing, but here now he's a mechanized organic designed only for killing. killing. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, also he gets introduced by Bill Murray. Yes. Which was hilarious. I honestly thought he was going to have a bigger part, sir, uh, Bill Murray, but I'm wondering if they cut a lot because you know, there he had some, uh, he had some bad, uh, yeah. bad press not too long ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if, if you're around Bill Murray, you're going to get groped. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like kind of waste, but he was perfect in that scene that he was in, you know, as like the old love interest of, of Janet Van Dyne. The old creepy guy. He's, he's like, so you're not a human. He's like, no, I'm not a human, but I am where it counts, yeah. <laughs> where, where it matters or whatever. Um, yeah. Modoc was fantastic. I mean, Corey Stoll played it so well. And he normally plays a very serious character. Yeah. But man, he did he, he did so amazing as as this kind of humorous character. He's one of those actors that I want to see in more things, but like he just he doesn't get a lot of parts. I think the the longest running thing I saw him was uh The Strain. And but outside of that, I mean I guess he had I wanna say he was in uh, House of Cards. He was in House too. of Cards. He wasn't you know wasn't there that long, but yeah, his his little part was was great. Yeah. I think he was there two seasons, but yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, he was fantastic as Modoc. He has an incredible death scene, you know, <laughs> where he's. I like, was gonna say spoilers, but we already hit. The yeah, point. we already hit the spoilers, so you know, yeah. So he dies in the end, but but he has kind of a turn where he sees the error in his ways, kind of thing, and helps out in in the in the heroes' um, moments where they needed him most. And he was like, he's like, Scott, I always thought of you as like a brother. He's like, you did. <laughs> He's like, you You did. You did. You did. He's like, I'm just glad to know I could die an Avenger. He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, no, yeah, every time he was on, he definitely They show stole. his little butt? That was great. Oh that was God. one of my favorite parts. It was so pointless and so stupid, but so right. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, you know what it looked like? You ever seen that egg? That little Japanese egg, like... Uh, oh, uh, Gudetama. Is that what it's called? I don't when know. When he's the yolk, and he sees a little butt cheek, he's yeah. laying in the middle of the white and just, egg. He just had those, that yeah. little, you know, Japanese Perfect. egg butt. Fantastic. I loved it. Um, we should talk about Kang, right? Jonathan Majors. Yes. Returning as Kang, um, but like full-fledged Kang with the little scars down his eyes and the blue mask and the laser beams and all that good stuff. Um, I think he did a great job. As playing this like, like very like scary evil dude, um, I think, I think one of the deals with Kang that that needs to be worked out in future movies is like understanding his motivation, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit in the end when we talk about the end credit scene. But I think, I think I'm hoping that Loki season two gets into some of the timeline thing, um, but I think he did a good job. He's very good at seeming like a very scary unstoppable dude when he's like you know just waving his fingers and like like crippling people and stuff or even when he was playing helpless uh you know like i'm not a bad guy i'm just trying to get out of here i need some help yeah you know the other me's put me in here because the master they're manipulator evil. Yeah. yeah they're evil i'm just the one who's trying to save the whole timeline yeah exactly exactly so i i think that's i you know he's he's a guy who definitely thinks he's in the right you know and you could definitely get that from the portrayal um, I'm excited to see him in future things. We see a little preview of Secret Wars on Battle World, 
um, where all the Kings are like collected together kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we may not see this version of Kang again. We don't know. Um, it's left kind of ambiguous whether or not he's actually dead or not. Um, well, I think now with the whole time traveling and, you know, multi-universes, I doesn't think it's really pretty, matter. It, it's pretty easy to bring him back. You know? Right, 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 right. Um, I will say one thing that was that you brought up, which is a good point, is that I, I kept waiting for a mention of Reed Richards. Something. I really, really thought that they were. I didn't think that they were going to reveal the actors or even show the actors, but I really thought that they were going to sh- like hint something at either the Fantastic Four uh, or specifically Reed Richards or Doctor Doom, and it wasn't there. Right. And, and the reason why is because Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards. He's he's like a distant future descendant of it's like great 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 grandson or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, which explains his like crazy intellect and love for technology and stuff. But yeah, it's um, it, it seems interesting that there is no mention of it at all. Um, but you know, I they're saving the Fantastic Four for much later, so hopefully it'll uh, it'll all be worth it once they hiding find it. it hard, in particular since they showed uh, Krasinski, you know, in the um, in the Doctor Strange. Yeah. But uh, I guess, you know, they they keep talking about that it's not going to be him. And I, I think that's going to be tough pill for people to swallow because they, they yeah. really want him. But we'll see. I, I mean, don't know I, why they just wouldn't do, have him. And that's why when, as soon as I saw him, you know, in that movie, I was like, all right, finally, they're going to start, you know, plugging in little by little some Fantastic Four stuff. But yeah, no, exactly. Nothing. nothing. Yeah, it's been kind of uh, forgotten since then. Um, but that's okay. I'm sure it, it'll come when it's ready and. You know, we'll, we'll get our fill of Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, the uh, there was a bunch of new characters introduced. All the the, the quantum people. All yeah, it's hard to say. Like some were people and then some were just yeah. Creatures. But all the creatures and stuff were great. The little the little jelly blob man, Veb. Veb. He was hilarious when he was like he was like, "How many holes do you have in your body?" Seven. It's like. Scott Lang has to like count it in his head. I was telling Cody before we started recording. I'm not gonna lie, I was counting. I was, I was like, counting too. I was like seven. That seems like a lot. That seems like a lot. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, two this, two that. Two, oh, no, yeah, 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 seven. Seven, seven seems right. <laughs> um, I think that there, you know, uh, there was a really good world building in this where you really feel like you're in a a smaller world. Like just some of the ways it was like shot and stuff really made it seem awesome like they're not just in space on a different planet they're in a different universe essentially inner space inner space um but yeah it was i mean it, it was a really fun movie uh, i thought they were going to kill ant-man at the end but they for sure they, they definitely don't but they also when they started bringing in that little doubt because the movie opens with him kind of narrating uh scotland kind of narrating his life like my life's been kind of crazy, you know, fighting with the Avengers and Captain America and saving the whole world, blah, blah, blah. And it ends with that too. But then he starts thinking about, he's like, wait, he said it. King said, if he didn't get out, that bad things would happen. Did I just, did I just doom everyone to like a terrible fate? Best not to think about it. And he kind of goes <laughs> off. But I was like, Oh, that, that kind of foreshadows what's going to happen with secret wars and stuff. Um, so I thought it was very clever how they, um, how they kind of brought up that little moment of darkness there at the end. Um, what 
what were some things you didn't like about the movie, Christian? Well, like in it was right when we got out, uh, mentioned to Cody, like it's it's kind of hard with Kang the Conqueror because like it, to to have him because he is a big, huge bad guy, and it's a big deal because he has so much future tech, and it's almost kind of like um, whatever he needs at the moment, he has it in a suit, and he can right. just pop it up. But in this movie, it's like you know he got beat by Ant Man, right. and you would think he'd have something against. A guy shrinking or getting bigger. Right. Being so far into the future he is. Um, well, to be fair, part of what took him out in the end was his own technology. So I think that's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in King Dynasty and stuff. But I feel like to beat someone like him, you're going to have to rely on his hubris. For sure. And like his like his own, he, you're going to have to mentally beat him before you physically beat him. And I think that part of that is what happened is he, he got overconfident. And his own tech kind of took him out in the end. Yeah, and like and like he says in the movie, I've killed, you know, thousands of Avengers. Like, yeah, right. I mean, what Ant-Man has is not going to be a big surprise. Right. Um, you know, but it's fine. I mean, they obviously have to defeat him. There's going to be more villains, and he's going to be back. But that that was the one thing is, like, I felt like it could have been written a little bit better. I, I like the idea that it could have been maybe more of his hubris that right about like hey you're zero threat whatsoever like i don't have to worry about you and um but that that's it it wasn't that big of a deal yeah i think you know i think the same thing is like when when he gets defeated and again we don't know for sure if this version of kang will come back like he gets like sucked into his own power cell thing and we don't know if that kills him the other kings at the end of the movie do say it killed him but we don't know for sure right um Maybe he went into the quantum quantum realm. You know, we don't know. Uh, but I think that having him be defeated and having them even say that he's dead makes it seem like like Ant-Man and the Wasp could take out Kang, which kind of lessens how strong he sounds, yeah, right? for sure. But I, I think, you know, it, that's only my, my, my really only my minor uh, problem with the movie. I think the rest of it was great. I thought, you know, it... it uh, it hit all the story beats I wanted. It introduced some new stuff. It left me with questions at the end. So I, I'm excited for what comes next from the uh, the Kang dynasty. Um, let's talk about the after credit scene. Now, there were two of them. They've kind of returned to their standard format of two after credit scenes. So the first one is we've talked about a little bit is all of the Kangs are on Battle World. Well, we assume it's Battle World. Um, and we see the Egyptian Kang, which is like the first version we see that the fantastic four runs into. So right. that, that was great. And then we see like a, uh, even more futuristic, like hairless Kang, which, which was kind of weird. And then like a borderline, you know, borderline racist <laughs> Asian version of Kang. Um, it's not, it's definitely not something a white guy would have been able to have done and got away with. Yeah, exactly. Those cloud Atlas days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andy Rooney. Right. Was it Mickey, Mickey, Rooney. Mickey Rooney? That's right. Mickey Rooney and Bre breakfast activities. Um, but, uh, yeah, we see them and they're talking about like how, how the exiled Kang was defeated and how they needed to talk about what to do next. And so they brought all of the other Kangs together um, on Battleworld to like discuss the future of the multiverse. Um, so it's definitely like setting up that Kang as a threat, no matter which version it is, 
is coming back. Um, and then, uh, you know, sets up the arena for, you know, the secret wars and King dynasty that we'll, we'll be seeing in the future in the next six years or whatever, whenever it comes out. Um, I mean, all I think it really does is set up that, that we're going to see multiple versions of King. I don't think, you know, I don't know if those particular three are going to be like the, the super end boss or not, you know, but, um, I think that it's just kind of laying the groundwork for, for what's coming next. Um, and then the last, the last after credit scene or the second after credit scene is, um, another version of Kang back in like, look like the 1800s sometime. Um, and then we see Loki and Owen Wilson's character, Morbius or Morpheus, Morbius. I don't remember. I think I it's, remember I th- it's one of those. I think it is Morbius, which is weird based off how no, that Morpheus Morpheus. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Someone will correct Mobius. Us. Maybe it's Mobius. Maybe it's Mobius. doesn't matter. Maybe it's Moby. He's the DJ. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely Owen Wilson. And they're, they're, they're seeing this old timey version of Kang talking about like selling some time machine or something and, and Loki's like no this guy's really dangerous you know you know he, he's going to cause a real problem so it's kind of setting up Loki season two and what that is going to be about I think it's going to be the TVA and Loki maybe Sylvie kind of discovering more about Kang and I feel like that's going to be a very important series to watch for the future of the MCU I just really hope they do more than six episodes man the show is really good yeah I don't know. I don't think they will, but it's possible. As long as they're like six really good hour long episodes, I'm down. But if they're like 40 minutes, like, come on, guys. Like, we want to watch the content. Just make the content. And bring back uh, original Loki, you know, Gator Loki. Old Loki, Gator Loki, little kid Loki. Yeah, I really like that show. I'm I'm definitely excited for the new one. I think the new one is supposed to, the new season is supposed to come out this summer, I believe. Um, but yeah, really exciting stuff. It's been a while since we had a, a, a Marvel show, right? Um, I think the last one might've been Miss Marvel, right? Yeah. 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 I feel or like no, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> She-Hulk, uh, you know, so it has been a little while. Um, I think that, uh, we haven't had a, a Marvel show that really sets up the future of the MCU in a while. Like, you know, like WandaVision, Loki, um, even Captain America, or I'm sorry, Falcon, Winter Soldier. Like those ones really pushed the the envelope forward for the MCU. And I think She-Hulk and even Miss Marvel to a certain extent really didn't do that. So it feels like it's been a little bit longer than, than it really has. But yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Loki season two. I think that's going to be the next big stepping stone in the quantum... Kang storyline for sure, but any last thoughts on the old? Uh, no, nah, man, I'm excited, jazzed, jazzed. Ready. I'm ready for some like serious bad guys to start showing up in in the MCU. Doctor Doom has always been one of my favorite bad guys. He's just so cool, and like his design is like classic. See, and I and thought timeless, and and the the fact of like when I saw Kang, they did a great job of making it look uh, comic book accurate. And just seeing the green on him, I was like, oh, maybe this is where Dr. Doom is going to show up. He's going to pick up one of the leftover suits. And this is how they yeah. explain how he's going to have 
some tech that no one else has. I was like, it's right there. Yeah. It's right fucking there. And no. they didn't do it. And it's like, all they had to do was make minor changes or it got busted. Like the purple parts got busted up. Something. Yeah. You know? I know. It was just right there. See, hire us. We can help. We can do you. it. Nerds with friends, Marvel movie consulting firm. We'll just, we'll just write the next, you know, the next three phases for you. And uh, we'll just ping pong ideas off each other. You know, that's what, that's what we're here for. But yeah, let us know. Uh, have you guys seen the Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania? Um, oh, I, we, we hardly mentioned too. Like, there were some great giant man scenes yeah. too when he's really big and stuff. So good. Um, but yeah, let us know down in the comments what you guys thought. Was this a kind of a return to form for Marvel? I'd say you know we are talking like there hasn't been a good Marvel movie in a while. Black Panther was very good. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one is kind of like. I always felt like Black Panther was kind of its own thing, especially since they didn't bring in Doctor Doom, right? So it felt like kind of off on its own as a wrap-up to Chadwick Boseman. Um, This one felt like, okay, the MCU is back where shit's shit's going off, you know? So uh, let us know. Are we right or are we crazy? Or or should we listen to Rotten Tomatoes? Are are they right that this is worse than the Eternals? (laughs) I just don't see that. No, 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 no. There's no way. But let us know down in the comments. And while you're down there, make sure you like and subscribe. It really helps us out. Helps uh, get us in front of more eyeballs. And we do appreciate that. Check out patreon.com slash nerdswithfriends to help support the show even more. And, uh, you know, Christian, thank you for being always being the uh, the wasp to my Ant-Man. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to go Veb. <laughs> the, I guess I have the, seven holes. Yeah, you have too many holes too to many be holes. Veb. And yeah, you'll, you'll, if you watch the movie, you'll get that reference. Hopefully you do get that reference. But to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now